0: Well, hey, if you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 15? While you're turning there, why don't you stand in honor of God's word as we read it today? A couple of weeks ago, I referred to this story, and I want to break it down pretty much verse by verse today to talk about what is going on in this parable that Jesus is explaining in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 16. to a citizen of that country, who sent him in his fields to feed pigs. Verse 16, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I wanna preach to you today from the subject, parties, prostitutes, and pig pens. Parties, prostitutes, and pig pens. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your presence in this room. I thank you for your word, Lord, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you, God, that you are going to speak to us today. We've come to, to experience you. We've come to have you speak to us in the places of our life that maybe we've yet to hand over to you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself in a way that maybe you've never revealed. So God, have your way, have your will, and have your way in our lives today. Touch us, Lord. Let us not leave here the same way we came in. We wanna experience you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the hope that is found in your name. We thank you, Lord, that you do make the darkness tremble, no matter what situation we're facing today that feels dark or desolate, that your name is above above it all. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. Jesus' name. And everyone said a big amen. Amen. Why don't you give somebody a hug or a high five before you take a seat? Good old hug. Release those good endorphins. I also did that so I could just take a drink of water. Have you ever been in a situation where um, you were working on something or you were trying to do something and you could not seem to get device to turn on, you couldn't seem to get the car to start, you couldn't seem to to get whatever it is that you were trying to fix or trying to work on to to work, like the whole time, like nothing you did fixed it, nothing you did could make it turn on, only to realize that after spending countless amount of time, you realize that the phone ain't turning on because it ain't plugged into the wall, like anybody ever been there? Like, the car won't start because the battery's disconnected. Like, anybody ever been there? You're working and you're trying. I've been there. My wife, the other night, man, she was trying to get her phone to turn on and it died. She plugged it up and it sat there for 15 minutes and she was like, babe, it won't turn on. I'm like, well, what happened? What's going on? She's like, I don't know. It won't turn on. We come to find out one of our kids had unplugged the, the actual charger out of the wall. So even though she plugged her phone in, it was not plugged in to the source of power to turn it on. It could not get it to work. There's something important about being connected to the source. There's something powerful about being connected to the source. And when you're disconnected, you won't have the power that you need. You won't have the resource that is needed. You see, in order to unpack this whole idea about being disconnected, it has to start from the very beginning very beginning of scripture. And I believe we need to look at what God is saying, because this idea not only is prevalent, but it's also preeminent that we see from the very start in the Bible that what comes first in priority and in order. Genesis one, one very clear in the beginning. God in the beginning, God. So you notice that from the very beginning, you notice that your name's not there. You notice that your spouse's name is not there as much as they think it is. You notice how my name's not there. You notice how a government's name's not there. You notice how some scientist or news channels name's not there. In the beginning, God. Why? Because God wants you to know that at from the very start, from the very glimpse that your eyes were ever open, he got this whole thing started. That he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That he is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He has all power, all authority. Nothing has more dominion or more authority over him. In the beginning, God. I just want to be clear and clear that up right from the start today. That it is God who is our source. In the beginning, God. So, I want us to dive into this story today, understanding who our source is. And what's happening in this story, this parable that Jesus is explaining is you have two sons and the younger son goes to the father and tells him, give me everything that's supposed to be mine. Give me all of my inheritance. Give me all my stuff. Give me all that money. And he goes out and he goes to leave and disconnect from the source. The son says, I don't want you. I want that. And he goes out to find and seek life on his own he goes out to find sexuality on his own he goes out to find purpose on his own and he sets out away from the source he begins the partying he begins the sleeping around with prostitutes he begins squandering everything that he had been given and he finds himself in a place where that all was gone and then nobody around him was left after he had squandered everything. Verse 14, as we begin to break this down today, it says after he had spent everything like he spent it all like he won the lottery and now he broke. He's filing like bankruptcy now. You see, when you disconnect from the source, it's only a matter of time before you get to the end of your pile. Before those who you thought were your friends are now no longer nowhere to be found. They are but a dust in the wind that when all your stuff has dried up and you no longer can offer anything to them, they gone. You thought they were your friends, but they're nowhere to be found. So after he had spent everything, it says, says, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. You see, sometimes this is the best thing that can happen in our life. That we come to a place A famine. So we can finally remember where we came from. You know, some of us wouldn't even pray if we weren't in need of something. Some of us wouldn't even come to church if our life wasn't crazy. I'm talking. Thank you. I'm talking. (laughs) Talk to me. I like that. You see... Sometimes it's easy that when, when, when we have resources, it's easy to forget where our source comes from. That's exactly what the son did. But see, sometimes God has to let us get to a place where we go, this isn't working anymore. This, this, this don't make sense anymore. This, this isn't working. So verse 15, he gets to a point, he says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in his fields to feed pigs. Now, we don't even have time to truly open up and unpack the fact that a Jewish boy was tending pigs. This wasn't kosher. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, that's what that means. You had never understood what kosher ever meant. Every time you pull up those noodles or those, that salt, you don't even know. Now you know. You see, when you've been disconnected from the source, you begin to do things. Some of you will even go to the, the extent of selling yourself just to make ends meet. That you will even come to a point in your life of compromise to give in to anything or anyone that will give you attention. We go in there today. You go as far as doing something that goes completely against everything that you believe, everything that you've been raised to, just so someone will notice you, just so you can feel love, just so someone will, will show you that they care, just to even have any friends. You see, this son longed to just have anything. He was empty. His life was void. He had spent everything and he had nothing left. He thought he could go out and find it on his own, being disconnected from the source. He thought it would be a good idea to say, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. Verse 16 gets to a point where it says that he longed. He desired, he was desperate just to even fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He was disconnected from the source and now his resources have run out and it's gotten pretty bad. You See, there's this turning point that takes place in verse 17. And this is the verse that I pray that happens to all of us whenever we make a mistake. This is the verse that I pray that that all of us experience in a moment of we realizing this isn't working anymore. Verse 17 says, when he came to his senses. When he came to his senses. Some of us need to come to our senses today. Tell your neighbor, just look at him right in the eye and say, it's time for you to come to your senses today. Tell the other one that you know that you really wanted to tell the first, but you didn't want to say it, but now you're going to have to say it. Tell them. You need to come to your senses today. You see, sometimes God will let your stuff dry up until you come to your senses. You see, the son began to realize something. He said, how many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. The, the prodigal son is thinking, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for me to be living out here like this. It doesn't make sense for me to be out here by myself. It doesn't make sense for me to be feeding pigs and longing for what they don't even want. This don't make sense. It doesn't make sense for me to be in such a need. So he comes to this point where he decides, here's what I'm going to do. Verse 18 says, I will set out, he said, I will set out and go back to my father's house and I'll say to him, Now I just want to stop. Now, I know some of you have heard this story. You're like, oh, I've heard this story, we know. And he goes back to the father, blah, 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 and he embraces them and all that. But I want you to look at this story a little different today. I want you to see how he comes back to his source. He thinks to himself, I'm gonna tell my father this. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He, He disqualified himself already. I wonder how many of us disqualify ourselves before God. I'm not even worthy to be called your son anymore. I don't. I don't. I don't even need that title. I just don't. Just let me come. Let me be just like a servant. Just work me like a worker. Like I don't need anything. Like just we we disqualify ourselves when we still got His name. So he got up and he went to his father. I love this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. You see, I, there's something I want you to notice. While he was still a long way off, like even though he had to come and it was like a mile long walk and the father saw him and, and he, the father could have been like, oh, yeah, here he comes. Oh, yeah. I look everybody pay attention. I knew he was going to come back. I knew it. Oh, come on, yeah, yeah, come on with that little low shoulder, downward head, yeah, come on. But he didn't do that. I wonder how many of us have done that to someone who has messed up and they want to come back, but they won't come back because they're watching us do that. And they want to step back in these church doors, but they're not sure they'll be accepted. But while he was still a long way off, it says his father saw him. You see, I believe some of you may be a long way off today. You may be be in a life of sin. You may be in a life of substance abuse. You may be sleeping around with people you're not even married to. You may be addicted to pornography, waking up in the middle of the night just to try to fill this urge. You may be living with sin in your sexuality. You may be abusing the grace of God. Using God like you would use a spare tire only when you need him. When you've come to a point where you've had a blowout, and you're like, Oh, I need you now. There's something I want you to notice today, and that is God sees you way before you see Him. He sees you way before you before you see Him. He sees you, and here's the thing He knows everything. As much as we try to hide it, He sees it all. It says when the father saw His Son. He was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. You see, even in our inadequacies, in our failures, and our mess-ups, and our junk, he sees us, and yet still is filled with compassion for us. See, some of you are so afraid to come to God. We're afraid of what he'll say. We're afraid if he'll accept us. But just like Jesus is explaining this story, we can read it right here. The father is filled with compassion for you, that his love is illogical. It doesn't matter the mistakes you made, that if you will come to your senses and you will turn and come back to the father, he will see you and he will run to you and he will embrace you and he'll put his arms around you and he'll give you a big old sloppy wet kiss and he'll say, welcome home. Welcome home. So this all happens, and then the son breaks out his piece of paper, and he begins his speech. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I love this right here. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick. In other words, shut up, boy. I didn't ask you any questions. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't need to say nothing. I didn't ask you any questions. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast. Let's eat some burgers. Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You see, some of you have been so disconnected from the source, but I want you to know that God sees you right where you are. He sees you in that situation. He sees you in that life of sin. And he's filled with compassion for you. And that in Jesus, there is hope again. In Jesus, there is grace that is offered freely. In Jesus, there is purpose that you were destined for on this entire earth. In Jesus, there is restoration power. In Jesus, there is compassion. In Jesus, there are things that you will not find anywhere else that you can only find within him. And it's time for some of you to come to your senses and turn about face and walk back to the Father's house and be embraced by a Father who loves you unconditionally. I love that it says he's and I was confused when I read it for the first time as a younger teenager. I was like, it says for this son of mine was dead and alive. And I'm like, but he wasn't dead. You read that word dead. It's easy to get a little confused. He wasn't dead, but maybe being separated from the source means to be dead in spirit. You see, Genesis one one, God spoke to the plants and they grew. God spoke to the waters and and they developed. God spoke to the birds, and they came about. He spoke to the fish and the trees and, and all the beautiful things, and they came about. He spoke to the source, and then they appeared. But I want you to notice in Genesis 1, where God said, let us make man in our image. You see, when God created us, he didn't speak to the ground. He didn't speak to the waters. He spoke to himself. Why? Because he is our source. Let us make man in our image. He spoke to himself. He is the source that supplies all needs. You see, if I were to go to your house today and I were to take a plant out of your garden or out of your flower bed, some of you don't even have that. But if I were to take that a tree and take it out out of its place and set it on your driveway, what would happen? It's going to die. If I were to to take a a fish, and I wanted to do this as an illustration today, but all the animal lovers would probably write me up. If I were to take a fish and set it out of water over time without having its source, it's going to die. You see, if you take your life and you disconnect it from God, the ultimate source, what's going to happen? You're not going to survive. You may not be physically dead. You may not physically die, but inside you're going to dry up on the inside and you no longer will feel purpose. You no longer will have this hope. You no longer will live a life of meaning or have that joy. Your spirit will be deprived of everything that it needs to live. And you see, some of us are so disconnected from the source today that we don't even know who God is and we're not truly living. It's time to come back to the source. It's time to get out of that pig pen and come back to the father's house. It doesn't make sense that you're there. does it make sense. It's time to come back. Tell your neighbor today. It's time to come back to the father's house. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. If you're online today, it's time to come back. It's time to come back to the father's house. I know it's been easy to be online and maybe there's specific reasons, but church, can we just tell them, encourage them, it's time to come back. It's time to come back. Right there on that couch, it's time to come back. Come back to the Father's house and be embraced with the love of a family and embraced of the love of a father. It's time to come back. You're missing out on all the the rewards and all the resource that God has wanted to give you. You see, there's another part of this story that is easily looked over. Jesus places his focus on one of the sons in this story, but. In the beginning, if you remember, he said there was how many sons? There was, which one? I got good ears, y'all. My wife seems to think different. She did. She told me, you need to go get your ears checked. See, Jesus mentions one that disconnects from the source, but he also mentions another son. And something I want us to look at today is what happens with this other son. Verse 25 says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. He heard, island boys. God help them. <laughs> Some of y'all have a clue what I'm talking about. Just go Google. Island boys. Y'all, i gonna start doing my hair like that. Would that be all right? No, I'm not. Uh, Mama raised me better than that. Uh, amen. He heard music. They heard dancing. they heard the wobble. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. The servant said, your brother has come home. Your father has killed the fattened calf. And because he's got him back safe and sound. Verse 28, the older brother became angry. And refused to go in. So his father came out, went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. You see, the younger son was starving. The older son was slaving. One left the house. One stayed home the whole time. Both were disconnected from the source. Please hear me today. It is still possible to be in the house and still be disconnected from the source. Just because you go stand in your garage does not make you a car. Some of y'all, that's the most theological statement you've ever heard in your entire life. But in this house today, there are starving sons and daughters, people who have evidently walked away from, from, from Christ in a life of sin. In a life of compromise, but there are also sons and daughters in this house who are slaving. You're not starving for food, but you're starving for love. You're not starving for food, but you're starving for grace. You're not starving for food, but you're starving for affirmation. You're starving for attention. And whether you leave the house or you are slaving in the house, you're never satisfied. You don't truly get it. Verse 29 says, but the. He answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he won't even say his name. Is in such disgrace? He's in such anger. He's like, but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home and you kill the fattened calf for him. You mean to tell me that I've been here serving, I've been here giving, and that person that just came off the street come in and you're going to love them and you're going to spend time with them? What have I been doing? Woo! See, the next verse right here is where it will change your life. It's what God is saying to every slave and every slaving son and daughter today. Verse 31 says, my son, the father said, you were always with me. And everything I have is yours. You're always with me. and Everything I have is yours. God is telling you today, whatever you need, it's yours. That I am your source, that whatever you need, guess what, it's in the fridge. It's in the pantry that whatever you need is yours. If you need joy, it's yours. God is trying to get us to understand something in this passage of Scripture. He's saying that whatever you need, if you need happiness, it's yours. If you need love, it's yours. If you need grace, I offer it freely. If you need friendship, I'm closer than a brother. If you need grace, I give it to you every day. If you need mercy, it renews every morning. If you need provision, I own a cattle on a thousand hills. If you need fatherhood, I'm a father like no other. Whatever you need, he'll give it. If you need wisdom, just ask. If you need forgiveness, I paid for it on the cross. I am your source. I'm your source. You've missed it. I've been with you. I've never left you, but you've missed it. There's nothing that you can need that I don't have that you can't have. I'm still here. God's saying, I never left. I've never left. I don't care where you've been, he said. I don't care what you've lost. I don't care the mistakes that you made. I don't care what other people say about you or how you think about yourself. That I can restore you. And don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you were made in the image of God. You see, in this house today, there there's some of you who are slaving and some of you who are starving. And life has caused you to, to walk away Or maybe you've completely missed the fact that God has been with you this whole time. And all these things that you've been needing, God's been trying to hand it to you. You've been dying for thirst in other ways. And he's like, I'm trying to offer you a living water that will make you never thirst again. But we have missed it. And if that's you here today, you're starving, You've walked away in a life of sin, or maybe you're You're slaving, you're in the house, but you feel disconnected some way that there's something that's dried up on the inside of you. It's time to reconnect to the source. The reason why it won't come on is because it's not plugged in. The reason why it won't start is because you don't got it connected. God is your ultimate source today, and it's time to come back to the father's house where your father can embrace you with open arms where he can see you from a long way off and he can run to you. We think a lot of times it's us running to the Father, but he's constantly chasing after you, just ready for you to turn around. If that's you today, if today is the day that you want to make a fresh start, if today is the day you want to make new beginnings in your life, when I count to three, with every eye closed in this room, I want those of you who are needing to begin a relationship with Jesus, maybe for the very first time, Maybe, maybe that's you. Maybe those of you, you've run away. You said, give me all my things, and you've set out for a distant country. You tried to discover life on your own, and you found yourself in a place you don't want to be. You found yourself in this pig pen, and you're ready to get out, that you're desiring to be connected back to the source. Or maybe you're those who have been in this house. But you've completely missed it. No longer is it about you connecting with God. It's all about you and you've missed it. If you're one of those groups of people today, and today you want to make a fresh start in the name of Jesus, if you want to give him the keys to your life, if you want to allow him to direct your path, if you want him to show you his purpose, if you want him to offer you grace and embrace you with arms and a kiss to say put a ring on his finger, put a robe back on him, put sandals on his feet, kill the fat calf. Let's celebrate. If that's you today and you want to make a fresh start on you, any of those groups of people, that on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand today so I know who I'm praying with. With every eye closed in this room, every head bowed. If that's you today, when I say three, just lift it up. One, two, three. Just lift them up today. Lift it up. I see it. I see it. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. I see it. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. All the way on the top. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Hands up all over this room. Lift them high. Don't let this moment pass you by. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Most importantly, God sees you. to put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9 that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that, that God raised Christ from the grave, he says that we will be saved. The Bible tells us also in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That prayer we're gonna pray today is gonna give you the keys to your salvation, something you can't earn, something that you don't even deserve, but yet Jesus offers it freely to you. So church, let's pray this together, everybody in this room and even online, wherever you're at, where your ears can hear your voice, say this, say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin and help me to live a new life in you. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. And I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. And Everyone said a big amen. Come on, church, why don't we celebrate with everybody who just made a fresh start, everybody who's turned around, who's come to the Father's house. Come on, church, let's celebrate.